Today on the show, we're talking about do tough times make tough people. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney. I'm your host. And this week, as always, I'm joined with my host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about do tough times make tough people. And, you know, we are, if, if you're not in a tough spot right now, like if, if this isn't tough times for you, then tough times are definitely in your future. I mean, economically, things, if things aren't bad for you right now economically, I don't think you have to be a rock scientist to think that we're going into a recession of some kind. So tough times, if not currently happening to you, they are in your future. So when we talk about tough times, I mean, that's kind of relative, especially because we can look back in time. And for anyone who doesn't know, Trevor, Trevor's a huge history buff. So, I mean, tough times can really be subjective. Well, you know what the good thing of being a history buff is? And a lot of people say history. Well, what, what good is history? It's kind of useless. What, what are you going to do with history? I read a lot about history. I listen to a lot of history podcasts. Uh, just side note, Hardcore History is, a fast, is, is an excellent podcast. If anyone's looking for one to start with, it's really good. But history gives you perspective on a situation. So somebody who's lived through a economic downturn, a recession, some sort of something happened to the economy, they can look at the current situation and, and have perspective to say, how bad is this, right? And you can say, well, this is this isn't as bad as 1991, or this isn't as bad as 1974. This is you, know, you, you, you can go back and just, and a lot of times you kind of lose, you might lose a little perspective, but, and also this is a question I have for you, Courtney, you don't know anything but good times. Is, is that correct? Yeah, definitely, definitely correct. And so you, you've had about, I'm going to say 10 years of adulthood, maybe eight years of adulthood. Yeah. I'm saying adulthood in that you're out supporting yeah, yourself. Yeah, definitely. So you've seen nothing but good times. So you have no perspective. So when this recession comes up and hits us, it's going to look like the sky's falling to you. Like you, you won't know I'm back. how bad this is or, or, or when this will end or, or how bad will it get? So, so I just think perspective is, is a very valuable tool. So history, this is a side tangent, right? This is one of the episodes about, but I just think... I think this is a, is going to be bad beyond anything I've experienced. So I do, I like that emphasis on perspective and the fact that there are objectively t- times that we can look back in history and say that was a tough time at a societal level. But I do like the emphasis on the fact that we can all experience tough times in our own individual way and in in two different extremes based on um our our previous encounter with other tough times you know one thing that you hear the longer so we tend to have a recession every eight to ten years our economy tends to evolve in that sort of cycle eight to ten year boom and bust the problem people say the longer the boom the harder the bust but it, it probably isn't any harder or any worse. The problem is there's more people that haven't seen the bust. They've only seen the boom. So there's more people uh, running around with their hair on fire <laughs> for, for for a very descriptive, uh, what, it, what it might look like to somebody who's never seen this. So that's why the longer the boom, the bust seems worse because when you, when people describe how 
terrible it was, it was the first one they ever saw. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That and 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 that that sentiment, the the first that we saw. So, do you believe then that the tough times that are happening now, the tough times that will be in your future personally, do you think that your your past, the experiences you've had up till today, are preparing you and have prepared you for? the tough times ahead and and maybe the tough times that you're currently enduring. Well, this one, this one's unique. <laughs> and then, and, and young people say they're all unique, right? That's what may, if, if they were all similar, everyone would see it coming and everyone didn't know when it was going to end. So they're all unique. This one's very unique in that usually a, a recession or a, a busting economy is a, people start to lose confidence in, in something. And it becomes a demand, a demand issue. So demand for product stops or slows, and that that puts people out of work. This is really a imposed supply recession. So the supply has been stopped, and it's been stopped because governments around the world have stopped it, and that has stopped people from spending. And then then the the out. The offshoot of that is people losing their jobs. So this is unique in that what started this recession, what's going to start it, I've never seen before, and most people alive today haven't seen. So that's the uniqueness of this one. They do come to an end and they do recover. And if you've been through a few of them, you you, you know what the signs look like. So I want to, you kind of hit on the end of it. And, and that really takes me through the episode to my big first hard hitting question for you. And we know that things, things are in, comes in, come in a cycle. So eventually we know that, or we hope that the situation will stabilize and, and life will return. But do you believe that there will be any growth from any physical, personal, mental, emotional growth from what we have endured um, thus far when when things do return back to normal or the new normal? So, you know, the, the title of this episode, Do Tough Times Make for Tough People? Well, if you're thinking of somebody becoming physically tough because of tough times, I, I think any of those gains... Just say you had a, a soft desk job, just say you were an accountant, and you you end up losing that job, and you have to do something physically laboring. Well, as soon as the good times come back, I, I think as soon as you get your comforts of life back, your your comfortable job or the things that you you the things you had in your life that made your life comfortable, if you lose them temporarily, as soon as you get them back, all the physical gains you made will probably be lost. So anything you gain physical toughness because of this, it's going to be temporary for most people. So you you talk about, so physical toughness maybe being the, the actual physical tasks we might have taken on in place of the desk job that we once assumed. But how, I mean, there's also, we talk about mental toughness as well. That's That's a huge component of, of personal finance as well. And I would argue one of the very key pieces to really pushing us to our limits in, in succeeding both in tough times and when uh, the pennies are pinched in, in, in really rough economic times. Well, if you think of 
what what got us humans to the top of the food chain isn't our ability to to be strong and tough and physically dominant it's our brains it's it's, it's that's what's got us to the top of the food chain is is our ability to think out think our way out of a situation that that is what and so if you are going to gain something through this i would hope it would be resourcefulness and i use that word in that mental resourcefulness so i i would hope that we would figure out ways to accomplish things we need to do in life like get food and shelter transportation energy if we figured out ways to do that become more resourceful and, and figure out ways okay, the problem with toughness is it's not that useful physical toughness let's just say go back to say you're you're an accountant and you lose your job because of tough times and just say you you become a farmer okay you're gonna have to get physically stronger and tougher to be a farmer so in that case those gains would be permanent and you would be a uh, physically tougher because of hard times but i think that's not something you should strive to become resourceful you should try to think your way out of a tough spot and and i hope that's what our society gains from this is is we become a more resourceful society not I, I, a couple episodes ago i said I, we we're going to move from a society of convenience and comfort to safety and security and the 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 piece that links those two is resourcefulness so if we become mentally tougher because of these tough times i think that will be a lasting effect on our society and that may be the thing that history books writes about this society this time is people became super resourceful you'll read in history books how we figured out how to do things what it looked like the hard way but we figured out how to get things done no i i agree with that i agree on your reflection about how we will be viewed as a collective society in the strengths that we did grow uh, from from this moment and the strengths that we grew that we acquired through enduring this hardship we are eventually going to get on to talking about nine ways to grow from tough times. But before we hit on that, I want to talk about kind of the spin to tough times. Tough times is is more of a kind of a negative connotation. But if we can kind of flip that in its head and, and look at situations as situations of adversity and how that affects us at our core. You know, there's a, a famous coach and I tried to find out who said this and I, I can't find out who said it, but adversity does not build character it reveals character so when you're when we're faced with tough times which i'm going to say we're going to be faced with adversity you're going to find out who and character is a these are qualities that that you these are qualities of resourcefulness so adversity will reveal those who are resourceful and you also also the ability to learn a new skill is is character in itself so adversity will uncover those who are willing to make things happen instead of wait for things to happen and that's definitely that right there that you touched on is definitely i think a very key component to thriving and surviving in this current time and the ability we talked about it in a few episodes as well the adaptability the flexibility character traits 
you know, you really, we have to, our society, we, we've been looking to buy our way out of problems, borrow our way out of problems. Money solves a lot of problems in life. No, I, I'm not going to deny that it does. Money solves a lot of problems. But when, when you're in tough economic times, you have to come up with a toolbox other than your credit card or your wallet to solve problems. A lot of times money is, okay, let's just say, okay, I'm going to go pie in the sky here. Let's just say they close the borders off to every everything, like traffic of any kind, no trucks, no trade between the U.S. and Canada, food the food we have is the food we have. So we, we are, every country becomes completely self-contained. Picture a second wave of this virus and everyone goes completely borderless, like n- nothing moves. Well, I'm going to say at some level, food becomes the currency of our society, not money. Food becomes a currency. It almost at some level, it will be valued more than money. Even at some point, Money won't buy food. So this is like extreme. I'm talking like very extreme. But that's an example where you can't be looking to buy your way out of problems all the time. And then if you if you develop the skill, if you talk to people who, okay, not many of them are around, but people who were not alive in the 30s, but who were trying to earn a living or, or raise a family or, or put a roof over their head in the 1930s in the Depression, those people did things that did not make sense to me. Like they, they were doing things and hoarding things that I couldn't comprehend why. Like I, I could not make sense out of it. And this is where understanding history gives you some of some sort of an edge to understanding why people do what they do. Those people, they wouldn't, I, I had a grandmother who would not throw food out for, like she would not throw food out. Just, it, you just, she, she came from war-torn Europe. And there was food never entered a garbage can. She found a way to use that food for some other meal. Like that, that's an example where I thought that's just scrap, scrap, you know, scraps. Why don't you just throw it out? That's what we do at my house. <laughs> and she would just get furious. But I just think you you can't in tough economic times you you can't be looking to buy your way out of a problem. I I could not agree more with that, and it really shines light back to what you said moments earlier about the character trait or the skill set of, of resourcefulness in that by relying on money to fix your problems, to buy yourself out of problems, that really is just the get it a free jail card for for developing that necessary, necessary skill set. I want to talk about one last thing before we do move on to the nine ways to grow from tough times. My question for you, Trevor, roots back to, and I know we're not a psychology podcast by any means, but the idea of limiting beliefs. So do you have any insight for the idea that someone may place on themselves if they believe that they're not strong enough to maybe endure the a, a tough situation such as those to come? I think giving, given the option to pay someone to solve your problem, or you to try to figure it out. Given those two choices, a lot of people are going to believe, I don't really know how to, to solve this problem. I got, like, just say your washing machine stopped working. Well, I don't know how to fix washers. That, that's something that you could honestly say. You could, you could say, I don't know how to fix a washing machine. So therefore, I'm not going to fix it. So that's a limiting belief that you don't know how to fix a washing machine. Or I don't know how to, I, 
I don't know how to fix a dishwasher or any appliance. Then, or, or here's one. I see people taking their cars to get snow tires taken off and put on all the time. Well, y- you could say, okay, I don't have the, the equipment or I don't know how to change tires. Well, that's a limiting belief. But given limited options like no money and needing a washing machine or needing it, okay, you don't need a dishwasher, but you do need a washing machine. Or if you have a leaking faucet, you could say, I don't know how to fix a leaking faucet, but that you can say that if you can, if you can afford to pay somebody to come and do it. So you can, you can afford to have lim- limiting beliefs. You can, you can, that's an option when you have options, right? But when you don't have options, you have to discard limiting beliefs. You, you, you can't, they don't become options anymore. Otherwise you will just fail to have running water. You'll fail to have clean clothes. Those things will just disappear out of your life. Definitely. And, and, and with, and you almost become a victim to your situation. Instead of being tough, you do succumb to that. Like you said, that limiting belief uh, that you cannot succeed through that tough time. And again, I'm sure this doesn't, this scenario doesn't apply to every um, individual's tough time who may be listening to this, but I just at a high level overview, I, I, I definitely think that is uh, the developing of resourcefulness is so key. So I want to talk now about the nine ways that we can grow from tough times is a very universal list. And I think one that doesn't, it doesn't just apply to the tough times that we are enduring now and to come, but just any tough time that we may um, encounter throughout, throughout our life. So number one is nothing worth having is easy. And this is where you learn what's important. You learn, you learn what you want versus what you need. And you, anything worth having usually satisfies a need in your life. And the things that easy come, easy go, they tend to be wants. So I, I think nothing worth having is easy. It's not like you have to work hard for it, but it, if it if it makes your life more comfortable, it's probably a want. If it makes your life feel more secure, it's probably a need. What about for the situations where it feel you're pursuing something and it feels like you are you're going uphill uh, the whole time? It is this uphill, painstaking battle. At what point is that not worth having? So you're saying it gets it just gets harder and harder and harder, and you don't really get to the you're, you're like you're trying to fix a washing machine, and every time you take a a screw or or nut off this thing, you're not getting any closer to the problem. Sure, that's that's a great example. And at some point, you got to say, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's given options like to hire somebody to do it. So I I think as long as you have an out where you you could take there's as long as there's an alternative. You, you will probably take the path of least resistance. So tough times are going to take those options off the table for you. That, that's where you, you, you won't be able to say, oh, this is getting too hard. I think I'll just give up and hire somebody. In tough times, hiring somebody won't be an option. So this is, this is where you're going to grow. Because it's not like you're going to say, I can't do this. Because the, the, if, you, if, you, if, it's, if it's something you need in your life, 
I can't do this isn't an option if you don't have a plan B to solve this problem. And would you say that this basic principle, the things that you do eventually succeed that don't come easy, I'm sure they're more rewarding for you than if it did come easier? You know, I, I find, so here's a little project I took on a few years ago. I, I had, I moved in this house and the fence posts were put in and the fence, my fence was leaning in one way and one post was leaning the other way. Turns out whoever put the fence in, they didn't cement in the posts. And just as a side note, there should be mandatory jail time for anyone who puts <laughs> a fence up and doesn't cement in the posts. Okay. That, that just a side note, <laughs> but I, I could have, so I had some options. I could have hired someone to put in a new fence. That would have been expensive. I, I, just for the record, I had the means to do that. It would have looked really nice. I could have tore the fence down myself and put up a new fence. That was an option. But what I decided to do was use my friend YouTube and I looked <laughs> it up and I, I've discovered you could dig a, a larger hole around each fence post and, you know, plumb up the post and put a thing called quickcrete. So it's like a, a, a fast setting concrete down the hole, you put that down with some water, you hold it for 10 minutes, presto, it's it's secure. Well, I'm going to say three years later, that fence hasn't moved an inch. So I actually got, I found it very rewarding to do something where I did have a plan B. I did have a couple of options, but I wanted to take this one for a test drive. And that resourcefulness, uh, someone, you know, you could call it cheap. I, I, I like that I, I didn't send a bunch of pressure-treated lumber to landfill. That would, that made me feel good. And I, I probably saved, I don't know, $1,000 in, a, in a, a fence that didn't have to be replaced. And I'm sure moving forward with other projects and other um, kind of maybe tough situations that you found yourself in, that that ability to um, work through one tough situation gave you confidence in, and the the resources and, and the, the skill set and the mindset to be able to work through other similar situations. The second way to grow from tough times is that you discover coping strategies. And so coping strategies are things that are strategies you do to deal with stress. And, and in, in tough times, stress is on your doorstep all the time. Your, your inability to pay bills, your inability to find work, all these create stress and you can, you know, crumple under that stress or you can develop ways to manage it. And until you hit tough times and like, so I've never been unemployed in 30 years. That's not by luck, right? So I, I've always got the feeders out for another opportunity. I, I like to make sure I have a lot of marketable skills. So I, I didn't just luck out to being employed for 30 years, but my coping strategy is I'm not, I don't, I don't rest on, I'm always looking into the future. That's a coping strategy for me. I'm always thinking about my next move. And that's one way I deal with, with stress and in, in knowing I, I don't wait for something to happen to me. I think, okay, some people call this catastrophizing, but I think, okay, this is my current situation and the, the, this is, these are potential outcomes. And I, I'm always working through potential outcomes. Now, I never did develop an outcome for a worldwide global pandemic. <laughs> I never did work out that outcome. So I'm still working on that one, just so you know. But uh, I, I have a, a couple of ideas. 
and a lot of this is is why I've never lived right on the financial edge. I've always lived well within my means. That's giving me options for my next move, my next my next sort of strategy to another problem. And I'm sure years of experience or in years behind you have allowed you to kind of really cultivate and develop this toolbox of coping strategies. And and I would even even argue that the more opportunity you take and and I don't want to say risk, but I'll, I'll use the word opportunity you take, the more opportunities you have to experience life and experience situations and therefore continuing developing that toolbox of coping strategies. You know, to that point, here's here's an employment strategy I deployed uh, quite, a, quite a few years ago. So I was working and I was offered an opportunity as a, so I was working as an accountant and I was offered a, a opportunity in the IT department in a in the capacity called special projects for app, app, application deployment. So it was kind of a fancy title. It, it really meant when a new application came into the organization, you were put on a team to train people and, and, and make sure it got up and running smoothly. And it, it was a very interesting job. You, you, you would do something different every day. You were working with different people. It wasn't sort of a in the trenches, grind it out type of job. It, we, it was some, a lot of travel involved and lunches, and it was it was going to be a good opportunity. And I I wanted that job, and I didn't get it. This is quite a few years ago, and I didn't, I didn't get that job, and I was very disappointed. And then we hit a, a terrible economic recession, and I want to say it was in, I think it was 1991. And so that's quite a few years ago. And when the company was in tough times, they started laying people off or terminating people. They downsizing their operation. The very one of the very first jobs to go was that position, and I realized that being in the trenches, at the you know more of a grinded out job, added. The company obviously saw value in what I was doing, and that other job that that I really wanted in tough times was expendable and that person was out of work and I wasn't. So when, when I saw that, I said, okay. And, and as it turns out later in my career, another similar opportunity, not as fancy a title, but it was, it was a similar capacity came my way. I seem to have a thing for, um, it people seem to gravitate to where I, I must have a skill they see. And they offered me a similar opportunity and I turned it down in a heartbeat. Like I, I, I said, no, I, I have a family. <laughs> I didn't say this to them, but I said this to myself. I got a family to support. And as I, I, fun as that job looks, it, it is, I'm going to say, too, high too, way too risky. We hit the 2008 recession and that job went away. That, that, that Somebody else got that job. It turns out it was in another facility. I didn't really know the person, but I found out after some time that that job got eliminated in, in the 2008 recession. So there's two times I, I, I passed on what I thought would be a, a really exciting opportunity. So that, that's a strategy I've deployed. So that strategy of, of understanding maybe the essential job functions within an organization has kept you gainfully employed, employed. for 30 years. Yeah. Now, I, did I miss out on some fun and exciting jobs? Could I have found another job? I'm sure I could have. I, I, looking back, I, I, th- I think I probably made the right decision in both cases. 
No, but that, those are, and I think even it, just to implement those within all the lives of, I mean, everyone listening to this today, just even looking around at opportunities to 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 be able to kind of grow and, and survive through tough times as like your strategies is, is is a perfect way to to keep moving forward the third way to grow from tough times is that you develop compassion for others and this is if it's often you know if you're suffering like just say you lost your job your neighbor lost your job your friend lost your job you start to understand and have compassion for other people's situations. And I think developing, I mean, this is something you can get from, if you still have your job and, and say uh, one of your children or your, your sibling or someone in your family is on tough times and you're in a position to help them, you, you, that, that will be very rewarding. So, and I've been in that position and, and I found it rewarding. So I think, if you develop a skill or, or some sort of character trait in tough times, compassion is a really good one. It's, it's one that, that I developed later in life, a, a higher sense of compassion than I, I wish I would have developed it at a younger age. This one is definitely, like you said, a, a very important a character trait to, to and, and one that, like you said, is, is maybe easier to develop when, you know that you're not in it alone. The fourth way that we can grow from tough times is that you learn to ask for help. And when you're younger, this doesn't sound really hard. This sounds like something you do all the time. In fact, since you were a child, you've been asking for help until, and this is when it switches, when you become a parent and you are there for your children. And the longer you're a parent, and so, so from the time I become a parent, I was helping my children and, and, and you kind of devote your life to your children and you, you, but say you get to my age, you're in your fifties, you haven't asked for help in for forever. So you, you just, and now tough times hit and you need help. You can't be embarrassed or afraid to ask for help. And, but the older you get, the harder it is. I haven't had to ask for help for 30 years and I, I don't, I don't know that if, if I got to a position where I needed to ask for help, I don't know that I could. I really don't know that I've developed that skill. So tough times, I mean, obviously, you're not going to starve to death. If if you fall in tough times, you lose your job and you need help, you, you can't be afraid to ask. I mean, at some point, you you got to reach out for help. But it, it sounds like an easy one. This sounds like, check, got that one. <laughs> well, you know what? I can tell you, for me, this would be incredibly hard. And I'm guessing it just extends back to maybe your your level of independence and and and, and the skills you developed this far at, at one of your coping strategies, like you said, it at kind of being able to be ahead and predict the the future. And do you think that that level of resourcefulness then has 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 played a, a huge impact on? It's kind of kind of double double-edged sword is what it kind of sounds like you developed and cultivated a sense of resourcefulness and independence and therefore has it has it hindered that would you say well it's been so long since i've had to reach out for help i've i've been there for others but i haven't i haven't needed help for like physically i I, i'm i'm a fairly i'm i'm gonna say an above average health for my age i i haven't needed help in i 
I don't know, <laughs> forever. Like, it seems like, so then the first time I have to ask for help, the very first time I have to reach out and say, hey, I can't do this. That's going to be really hard for me. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I, 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 that, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, the fifth of nine ways to grow from tough times is that you discover who you can count on. And this is a sort of goes both ways. You want to be somebody who can be counted on. So this goes back to asking for help. And you want to know in tough times who you can count on. And I think in tough times, you, you really learn who in your social circle is there for you. And this is something in real hard times you're going to learn. Uh, it, it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing in, in tough times. But you will discover when economic scorched earth hits us, you're going to know who you can really count on and, and who you can't. And, and people are going to know if they can count on you or not count on you. And your, your social circle may shrink or expand because of this. The six of nine ways that we can grow from tough times is to know that pain is part of life. And, you know, I, I'm guilty of this as everybody is. We, we tend to be chasing unicorns and rainbows all day long. That, that is what we see. We, we're always gravitating toward comfort away from pain. That is, that is what we do. But I've always said this pain is a place of growth. You are going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to get stronger in so many ways from adversity. And if you can leverage this and, and learn something, develop a skill, this is opportunity. I truly believe when we hit recession and people are out of work, there's going to be industries that just collapse and go under. And people are going to be asked and they're going to be given economic opportunity to retrain for other careers. And the government's probably going to offer a lot of incentives, you know, free tuition and free this and free that, a lot of handouts to get people off of government subsidies and, and back into the workforce in another capacity. Well, learning a new skill, particularly when you're older, is hard. It, it is going to be painful, but it, it's going to be something that you're going to, there's going to be people who, who will resist this and they'll be on some sort of government subsidy for the rest of their lives. And there's people who are going to leverage this. They're going to jump on. They're going to learn that new skill. They're going to go from being an accountant to being a carpenter or some other trade. Like if your industry goes under, don't look to just shift to the side. Probably the whole industry is everyone wants to just shift to the side. Look to do an about face and go into something completely different. But that that's going to be painful. The older you get, the harder it is to learn. So it, it won't be easy. But if the opportunity, if the government's going to be offering all sorts of incentives to re-educate yourself, leverage it, use it, go for it. There's a there's is a great saying too going along with uh, pain uh, pain or unhappiness is that we can't have um, good moments without the bad moments because then we'd have nothing to compare or contrast the good moments to. So you're saying like summer wouldn't be summer if we didn't have winter, right? <laughs> that that's the thing. But but what if what if your your greatest times were you know ten years ago and you you're 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 always trying to get back to that good time. See, you're looking at it from somebody who's in their 20s and you you don't have a, a, a lot of history behind you as an adult. So, but somebody, just say somebody's in their 50s 
or in their 40s and they lost a really great job in a really great career path and that whole industry just went under. And they may be looking in the rearview mirrors. Those were the best times. That that was the summer <laughs> and now it's winter. But in, in the flip perspective, you appreciate, I think we appreciate summer more because we just endured the long winter. So I think if we always had summer, if it was always summer, and it is always summer in a lot of, of places in the world, we might, we might, and I know I, I'm a hypocrite too, because I do tire of summer after a while, but when it, we get that first nice day of spring, I think we appreciate that even more because of the winter we just endured. I agree. Boom and bust economies create summer and winter environments and they have since economies began. So it's, it's just a natural evolution. I, I, you wouldn't know good times if you didn't have bad times. So I, I agree with that statement. I want to rewind to the last uh, number five about discover who you can count on. Question popped into my head uh, since we moved on from there, but I think it's worth asking. When it comes to asking for help, or and, and more, I think more importantly, I think offering help and 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 being someone that that others can count on overextending ourselves is is really important so for you trevor what is that what is helping someone and being there for someone look like in those moments without overexerting yourself and 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 give and i don't want to say giving too much but just finding that really great line i know the circumstances will differ but do you have any kind of general guidance or guidelines that you could offer to um, everyone listening well an example would be just say your your one of your children lose, loses their job, you could offer them your home to stay in and live in, or you could offer to pay their rent and buy them groceries. Obviously, them living in your home and eating your food is going to be cheaper than paying their rent and buying them groceries. So that that's an example where you could be someone to count on in that you're offering a roof over her head and, and three square meals a day, just not at the place where you're, you know, it's convenient. Definitely taking that convenience key out and, and making the making that help also work for you as well as the other person. That's I like that. Um, so I do want to move on now to number seven of nine. And the seventh way that we can grow from tough times is realizing that your biggest fears have just become your reality. So anyone who knows who's listening to this podcast for a while, they know I, I, I suffer. I don't suffer. I, I, I'm exposed. I'm mild anxiety. You know, everyone, there's a spectrum. Everyone's on it. You're either uh, depressed or anxious. So, so everyone's on the spectrum somewhere. I'm on the anxious side of the spectrum. And I, I know some people that are on the depressed side. It doesn't mean you're depressed and it doesn't mean you're anxious. It just means that's where you are on the spectrum. And I'm not a psychologist. I just play one on the internet. <laughs> but but uh, anyone who's anxious, well, I doubt anyone was strategizing or, or worrying about a global pandemic. I, I, I don't know anybody who even talked about it, right, other than Bill Gates. But he, he's kind of a um, the rarity. So if you were anxious about things like losing your job or, you know, something happening to your car or something happening to your house or, you know, something going wrong in your life. 
If you are worried about these little day-to-day things not going right, well, you this is almost a gift. You know, this is the worst possible outcome an anxious person could ever have, right? A global pandemic. And so now what this will do, this is how you grow from this, is every all those little problems will pale in comparison to a global pandemic. So if this happened to you, and just say you're like 25, and you're an anxious person, and you're worried about a lot of little things all day long, like little little things in your life, you just worried about them in an anxious manner all the time. Global pandemic hits, scorch earth economy, everything goes in the tank, like complete lockdown. Well, all those little problems would seem pretty insignificant, right? They, the the reality of the the your 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 biggest fear and beyond coming true makes all the things you worried about and in were anxious about seem almost a non-starter. Like nothing, you shouldn't even be thinking about those things anymore. So, if you're 25 now, that's a gift. So now from 25 on, if it's not a global pandemic, it's not really a big deal. It definitely offers a huge level of perspective, and it really does. I mean, it kind of it's the whole, kind of what the root of the whole episode is about is that it shines light on what tough times objectively is, and 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 how we can focus our concern and attention around those actual tough moments. The eighth way that we can grow from tough times is that um, we are growing and learning from real life and not theory. So everyone knows that I talked at the beginning of this episode, I love reading about history. I'm just a history buff and I, I love history. But you're learning from things that happened in the past. And I, I love reading about economies, economics. You know, this whole podcast is kind of behavioral economics. And I love understanding that. But that's all theory. Well, when you're in tough times, like like a global pandemic, you're getting to see how this stuff really works in the real world. All this theory, does it actually hold up in the like? This is an opportunity to see what 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 if these theories really hold true. And I I, I love the perspective thing with history. I love the the theory of if this happens to the economy, people would do this, and if this people do this the economy will do this, like the cause and effect. You get to see this happen and things are happening so quickly. Things are changing every day. So if you shut down a complete industry, what does society do? Well, you can theorize, right? There's books that theorize about what, if economy was completely shut down, what would society do? Would they find a an alternative or a solution or would they just sit and wait patiently? Like, you know, what 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 does what does the behavior of, of people happen to them when 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 something in the economy changes well those theories you read about them now we get to see them play out day by day and it, it's it's fascinating it's it's frightening too but it's fascinating to see how these things happen in because everything's happening normally industries would take years to shut down right they they would they would slow down to a crawl like they just like the steel industry, there's one that's kind of left our country slowly. The auto industry, it's kind of leaving our country slowly. And these industries, they, they just sort of wind down real slow. Well, when you just shut them down overnight for three months, wh- what does that what does that do? You get to see this in real time. So it, it's, it, it's a way to grow t- to see how these theories actually play out in, in real life. And the final way 
to grow from tough times is that the present is all you have to deal with. And, you know, people, if you read about meditation and things, they, they talk, you, tell you to, to live in the present. And I talked about that spectrum. We, we tend to live in the future or we live in the past. We rarely live in the right now. Like everyone listening to this podcast, they're probably thinking about things they need to do or things they, they've, they've done or they're, not many people are living in the right now. Like you should... It, if you read about meditation and I'm trying to get into meditation and it's hard, especially if you're not a meditator, but you need to be in the mindset of a golden retriever is it's the best I can grasp from meditation. And, but living in the right now, being present in, in, in just focusing on the here and now, well, in, in, in the situation we're in, the future is super uncertain. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, forget next week. And whatever happened yesterday will almost has no bearing on what's going to happen tomorrow. Like this is changing. Every, the situation is changing so rapidly and the rules of our society are changing so rapidly that focusing on anything but today seems almost useless. Yeah, no, that, that perspective on, on that, I, I have to agree with because, and, 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 and the thing is, when we go back to the whole way, the way that that, the situation right now, the tough time right now can help us grow. I mean, that philosophy, that outlook can be applied to every moment moving forward, every tough time or every just, just in general moment moving forward. Trevor, that does bring us the end of our nine ways to grow from tough times list. But I do have a question for you with all of these nine ways. I mean, these are all incredible ways that we can grow from tough times, but we have to be open to accepting that these tough times can bring about opportunities to grow. Is that correct? Well, you are going to either grow from tough times or you're going to suffer from it. What, you're, there's no, nothing in between. There's no, there's no middle ground. In, in tough times, you're either going to grow or you're going to suffer. And on that note, that does bring us the end of today's show on Do Tough Times Make Tough People. Thank you so much for being here with us for another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. If you ever have any thoughts, feedback, or future topic suggestions, we always love hearing from you. You can reach out to us at, via email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com or through our contact submission form on our website at livelifesimple.ca. We also have uh, Facebook and Instagram at Simple Money Solutions. You can always send us a DM on those platforms as well. All of that will be in the show notes along with today's outline. Thank you so much for being here with us for another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. Thank you. And until then, keep it simple.